right into it yeah we are we are talk about cold open just going right in talking about the the cut job the edits yeah there was a 30 minutes of warm-up that was like planned but it had to be cut for time because of the uh, design <laughs> funny it, it, it feels like there's about 30 minutes missing yeah i've heard this cliche sometimes people say like Sometimes a movie feels long. A two-hour movie feels long because it should have been two and a half hours long. It, it would have been, it would have been perfect. Yeah, so, like the way it would have affected pacing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little I'm a little conflicted about it, right? Because um, I don't super mind if if a, if a work wants me to like wants me to see more. It feels like it ends a little soon. Yeah. Because you know that, that's like a mark of good work. If it's like, oh, I I want I want to see more. Like, give me give me more. I did. I wanted to just a just from the aesthetic. Um, like even if the movie was hot trash, which I don't think it was. I ended up like I ended up watching the movie twice. And the first time was like a little cold. And the second was like, no, this is actually this is kind of beautiful. I still would have loved to see more more of that babylonian uh visual motifs and those uh those mobile suits with those gas mask looking eyes it it, it took it took a steampunk direction in, in, in its uh design i i really liked the uh the goggle suits and then the uh the rapplesia or whatever the the crack and flower looking thing Oh, the Rafflesia. Which I guess is a flower in real life, and it looks so much like the real-life flower. It's going to be like a, uh, maybe like a running theme where we talk about what could have been as we talk about this movie. But did you see what the uh, initial design for the Rafflesia was? Uh, yeah, so I, before watching the movie, I read that Xeonic Scanlations article where it was like Tomio's interview about kind of about like f91 and what, mm-hmm. what the goal was and what happened and I, I have it up right now i have those original sketches man i love that uh that angel looking design that they picked and apparently the the note was that it looked too cool for the, what it was going to be used for <laughs> but it looks beautiful it looks like a like a final fantasy boss or something like <laughs> yeah it, it looks, it's it on looks another like level what was ultimate weapons or whatever but i guess it makes sense in the context of like you know like it's the final climactic battle with iron mask um who i'm sure we'll 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 get to talk about on this podcast which by the way is uh a pleasant evenings book mobile suit pleasant evenings book club is the our flagship show and when we watch gundam we like to call it uh mobile suit book club f91 right i guess that's I guess there's nothing too crazy here no that's i'm roberto this is corbin <laughs> you know fun that's... fact it's called f91 because that's the number of characters that get introduced in the the run of the story really uh, and <laughs> it's actually called f91 because of the number of scenes that were cut out <laughs> <laughs> damn damn it, it, it... <laughs> 
it do be like that. It makes it a strange animal. Like I can't just approach it like a movie. It's like this, like I don't know, like a like a Rosetta Stone or something, like a like a ta- like a like Heraclitus fragments. Like I'm just like picking through like what's implied through the, these remnants. Yeah, it's like someone took a mosaic, smashed the mosaic, <laughs> and then tried to put it back together again. Or, or, I don't know, puzzles without the original yeah. image. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the famous prank where you take uh, three pigs and label them one, two, and four. <laughs> That's a mean joke. <laughs> yeah, I've never been in a situation where I've had to wrangle pigs, but if I did... No, I, I'd, uh, I'd, be, I'd be the one to fall for that, too, and I, I, would, <laughs> I would struggle for a while. Yeah, I would like wouldn't let go. Oh yeah, I was gonna talk about the ending. So maybe maybe it's maybe the digression's a good a good call to go back to the beginning. Yeah, maybe summarize a little bit. So I I think I think it opens pretty cool right off the bat, right? You you, you got you got the the space station. It's called Frontier Four. Yeah, and there's there's a cool effects you see in the the. Ways are cutting through the black screen, and then it opens to space station or space power. Yeah, it's beautiful. I can only imagine what that would have been like in a movie theater. Apparently, this was the first uh, anime that Sunrise made where the initial elements were drawn for widescreen. Yeah, like, that's even right. the materials they drew on. And I can only imagine being in the dark room and then just seeing those bursts of heat come out. I guess that's um. I think in Aliens they do a similar intro. Yeah, I think they do. It's been a while since I've seen that one. But yeah, it just gets started. Like you see these mobile suits come in. It's 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 very. It immediately sets up tension because then you see what normal life on Frontier Four looks like, and even that is technically like uh, so impressive. Like there's so many. Like the crowds are all like so well drawn and busy and they're all like doing different things simultaneously peace time's been good too you know like, like these buildings have uh kind of a neat classic classical neoclassical aesthetic to them yeah it felt like a like a old european city in the i don't know like uh like the 1910s or 20s like a yeah modern, modernized but not quite yeah which is <laughs> which is odd because this was made in the future, like they, 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 they made it be that way. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, it was a choice. It was a choice for the sake of Cosmo Babylonia. <laughs> That's how you know, like all these are uh, regressive aesthetics. Um, you got to look at them with suspicion. Yeah, you do. You, you know when when you pass a house of usher or whatever. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Every, every every bit and piece of scenery and forms. What's going on? It fits together all also perfectly to make the perfect shitstorm. Yeah, that's true. And, and when that shitstorm starts, like these first, I don't know, twenty to thirty minutes are perfect. Oh, they're great. They're 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 amazing for sure. Like I guess, uh, with War in the Pocket, it, you you know, like the kid isn't really um involved in the fighting. It is really scary from his perspective when he like the bullets fly over his head. But he's already, like, he knows to expect that. Like, you're already familiar with mobile suits from his perspective. Like, you got used to seeing that. The feeling of, like, these mobile suits coming in just wrecking shit. When you're doing, like, a, I don't know, like, a 
like a little beauty pageant, like a local <laughs> fundraiser. I don't know the fair. Well, yeah, no, the crazy scenes and the, the crowds of people involved running away, and there, there are some graphics things here that presented a lot of fragility. Like, uh, like the one that stuck out to me. I mean, there's a lot of like gruesome. Like once it gets started, like even the mobile suits, I kind of feel bad for the one that gets his head kicked off. Yeah, you do. Um, uh, but man, like the I guess the one that. Like the ones that catch you off guard, I guess they happen a little later. Like once we're already introduced to the to the main crew, um, what feels like maybe like our our Shangri La crew for for the movie. There's when this kid, I don't know, Arthur, I think was his name, when he dies. Yeah, he gets thrown. It's, right, it's not even like a like... laser. It's just the force of everything happened just pushes him against the wall. I I, I thought the way that got. It hit on the head on the bullet was also memorable. Yeah, that one because that, that's such that feels like such an accident. Like yeah, cool. yeah, it does. And then they have like the she's dead and the babies like like trying to wake her up. Powerful shit, powerful scenery for sure. Yeah, I mean these. Yeah, when they started, I was already like, okay, this might be like once again. Cause I've been on a just upward trajectory on 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 Gundam. Like it really has felt like a, every each one is special in its own way, and yet finds a way to top the one before. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure, for sure. And here I was like, oh, so we're getting like some like deep humanity that I felt like was maybe missing in all the um politicking and catching up that the Charles counterattack had. Yeah, I, I I kind of prefer when Gundam takes a personal direction. Yeah, like when it starts to get this like lived-in environment, that then, you know, it feel you, you feel the impact of it, which just through like the way it's rendered when when it gets messed up. But yeah, yeah we're introduced to our main characters, and it's a uh... Cecily Fairchild. We got C Seabrook, 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 Arno. We got his sister, Ree? Reese? 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 We do a bad job of these names. We had Arthur briefly. Uh, yeah, poor Arthur. Uh, she seemed nice. It was, um, I don't know if you want to play the game of like what element reminds you of other motifs in Gundam shows. Um, like Reese is like gave me big Reyna vibes. Um, and Cecily was like our, our Sela. I got some Lala vibes from uh, Cecily a little bit. Lala? Yeah. I, hmm. Speak on that. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, this, this is going to escape from the summary a little bit. But <laughs> we, you know, as the story goes on, after Seabook C- and Friends escape from Frontier 4, um, Sicily gets caught up in being a member of the Rona family as Barrona, and, and you know she chooses that side of Cosmo Babylonia, Crossbone Vanguard for a bit, right? Mm. She so she shows some we, impressive new type abilities or at least some ingenuity. Oh, we got the Char look alike for our, uh, for our movie. Like impressed with her new type potential. Yeah. 
Exactly. Right. And there's something to that. And then there's that one character, Rosemarie, I want to say. Anna Marie. Who looks like Lala. Anna Marie, yeah. And she's like jealous. Kind of like Lala doesn't work out for her, but what's kind of cool about Barrona's Sicily is is that, you know, it, it does work out a little bit better for her as a rising new type that's crossing and navigating these sides when also being, I, I, I guess, in love with the main character. Yeah. Like, I can only, you know, talk about, like, what could have been. Like, she's, she's like, the 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 most like uh not wasted i think she gets like the bulk of the emotional and even like thematic um i don't know work that occurs in the movie yeah i i'm i agree like seabook just gets to have his straightforward mission but yeah but she's like caught between like where she came from like her weird situation you know she's it's like her like her decision between capital a aristocracy and democracy is the one that carries weight with it right it's 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 so it's hyper ingrained in in this family drama yeah that's where like she reminds me that's i mean i guess like the framing of who's um who's the char or whatever like who's (laughs) isn't the best framing but that's where i I think of like sayla because she was she was the daughter of who, what would have been the the leader of Ascendant Zeon. Yeah, it's like it's like if things had worked out differently, she might have gotten used in a different way. Like because Sela got to, but Sela had like enough support and independence to be able to to say no to Char saying get on this horse with me. I guess like we can. This is a good way to get back into the um into the summary. Like they're evacuating and. Uh, Cecily gets separated from the crew as they're trying to make their way out into an escape pod. And we find out that the people that are invading are trying to find her because she is, uh, the group that's invading is from a noble family. They're from the region, right? They're from Frontier 4. They're just like a different part of it. Um... That was like, there's a lot of that's like kind of unclear you, about. You, you know, <laughs> I don't think that was ever really clarified. They're from somewhere. They're not from Frontier One. I don't know. A lot of the details says were. <laughs> I thought there was gonna be like a break free. Like I know it's gonna be intended to be like a Gundam for a new era, but um, it it it, it has some trouble standing on its own two legs. Yeah, yeah. No, there 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 are times that it suffers. Just like I guess, like it doesn't matter exactly where, as long as you get the gist of who's who and what they're doing. Right. I guess why they're doing it, how they're doing it. Yeah, but so the who is a family. R- Ronas. The Ronas. I guess they're nobility. Somehow nobility gets to be a thing. I mean, we see a lot of castles. Yeah, they're nobility. In the region, who are mounting, uh, who are mounting their own revolution to th- against the federation because they think democracy has gone too far and they need noblesse oblige to be the main uh motivating factor in what politics i i guess it's it's pretty much more zeon without um the, the without philosopher the of, of of the zeon zeon <laughs> de or whoever yeah this is like um 
I don't like. I don't know. If, if Edmund Burke decided he, he wanted to um, <laughs> start his own revolution in France, you, you know, I, I, I think. I think there's internet people that think feudalism is, is like the best way to do things. That's right. You know, when I first started hearing about alt-right as a term, now it just kind of means like, I don't know, shithead. But it used to mean <laughs> oh, feudalist <laughs> shit. <laughs> I think that's what, I guess that's what Cosmo Babylonia is, is some alt-right shithead things. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there was an interesting like critique because I, I did communicate that perspective, like that grandfather explaining his worldview to Cecily. Oh yeah, so the, what happens is the uh, the crew gets away. Seabook, his sister, and their friends they get away. Cecily gets taken back by the by the Ronas by the Crossbone Vanguard, which is their their military arm. Looks an awful like. That that emblem was a, looks a lot like a uh, Constantine's symbol, very yeah, very Third Reichy, very fash. Um, or yeah, that the that fash thing of like looking back at uh, tradition, return with a V, kind of aesthetics. Yeah, and Cecily, she's kidnapped, but in a very invited way. Like, come join us. It can be so much. You can be so much for us and for this new uh, moment. This is new historical moment for us. Yeah, I mean, I mean what they, they they offer her to be queen pretty much right off the bat, right? Yeah, I got so. I wish this was a show. Like, I do, I do like the movie that we got. It just it, it feel it feels so stunted and, and just kind of shit on before it could really get to uh, get to do anything. You know, this could have been awesome as a fifty episode format. It could have been amazing with another two movies. Yeah. I guess there's a manga that kind of continues the story of F91 and, and Rona and the Crossbone Vanguard. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking into those. I'm trying to see where I can read those. I, I got... I can kind of write to you. I got, I got an app with, with the translation on there. Oh, they're so. there? Yeah. Okay, okay. Let's We'll circle back to that. I want to get my hands on that. But like the stuff that was going to happen with Cecily enmeshed in this world... That there was going to be a religious organization called the Cosmo Crooks, where one of Tomino's, one of director Tomino's ideas was that Cecily would eventually gain popularity as Bear Rona and in the middle of Cosmo ceremony, make a speech exposing the deceptions of the Cosmo aristocracy. Like, so much could have happened. We get so focused in, in I guess, the ontology of what could have been. <laughs> yeah, it is just, it is just present, this lost future. Which I guess is why I, I like what we got, right? Like, you know, yeah. the, it's still badass that Cicely re- rejects this queenhood ultimately. Yeah. I wish she got a better speech than she did. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's something desperate and, you know, raw about her just pleading. Like, it just kind of happened. I had no choice. I don't know what to do. I thought you were dead. Yeah, it it seemed a little bit. Um, I don't know. I guess you could like levy the uh, existentialist radical freedom critique at her, but in her situation, one of the scary mobile suits comes and shines that bright light on her and picks her up. Like at at the very least, you're gonna be you're gonna go on the ride. You're gonna go to the castle. Like that's hard to avoid that, and then everyone's around you there. It seems like a tough thing to navigate. 
Yeah, I, I mean, the equivalent is kind of someone taking a gun to your head and be like, come come with me. Yeah, and it is also, you know, it is also tempting not to... Like, Cecily, like, she's very headstrong about it when she meets Iron Mask. She's like, screw you. Like, Iron Mask is so funny in this. Um, yeah, he is. I, I love <laughs> I love his reasoning for wearing the mask. <laughs> Just, he got cucked. Yeah. Yep. There's basically he's like walking around like Darth Vader, but like every scene he he's in, he either mentions his divorce or his mask or both. Yep. Yep. And like it's it's his first line. <laughs> My wife left me, and now I've become this man. Blame blame your mother. That's why I'm this weirdo. Um, check. She's headstrong. I think the grandfather, which was the the initial thing, we ended up going full circle. I think this is where we were in the. The grandfather does convince her a little bit. Uh, it's uh, he's he's more. Um, I mean, he's he's less like super venally than uh, Carazzo. Yeah, and I'll say also, I'm sure that I think there's a reading there, and uh, whatever. Yeah, let's just talk about. I feel like uh, when they unveil the um, the evil plan, the bugs, and all that, it turns out that the guy with the eye patch didn't know about it. The yeah, a, a lot of the, these factions, a lot of these factions within factions become, I guess, obvious at that point. I feel like um, uh, Iron Mask becomes Fu Manchu a little bit. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Because <laughs> they have like this like structural problem of aristocracy of these like embedded like power structures that then you know um become a reactionary force, and it's, and then this you know evil like genocidal thing happens and it's like oh but the nice grandfather didn't know about it and neither did the nice eye patch man who's like honorable and noble it's just this one freak i i, I guess i guess he's the garma dehoon <laughs> fumanchu of the family because i feel like they could have it could have been i mean i guess you could read the critique as it being like uh you know there are elitist aristocratic reactionary elements that see themselves as nice in this way but you know in in you know as the book says uh revolutions that attain power through violence can only think of maintaining that power through more violence violence begets more violence you know i guess you could think of uh iron mask as it's kind of like okay so you have like this you know reactionary like highly hierarchical way of looking at the world and, you know, these people will make alliances, will make plans with fascist thugs. And then, you know, uh, I hate to get to internet about things, but they do Pikachu face when it turns out that the fascist <laughs> thugs want to, <laughs> you know, want to take power. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I mean, the, P- the Pikachu face works here. Yeah. Right, like all the you know all the fascist uh, you know nations in Europe like came about like in large part just from reaction to socialist movements and like well we can't have that that's too democratic. Let's let's go back. Let's go back. I guess there's that, but there's a a part of me that's like I wish that um, Iron Mask didn't swallow the entire sin of like the villains of of the movie. No, because I, I I didn't I didn't feel that until it, it, I guess it got kind of pissed out my throat and and it's like oh okay i guess i guess he is but there, there's there's still bad grandpa here yeah that's what kind of like um scary about that ending 
it, they have that touching reunion. They defeat Iron Mask in a really cool sequence. That maybe if we if we circle back, maybe we'll get to just for the sake of format. I get don't know. into it, right? And then it says like the story. This is only the beginning because the eye patch guy whose name is is it Zabine? Zabine, Zabine. yeah, Zabine. Char- Charu. Oh, he's a Charu. Oh, I I just hit the. <laughs> oh, so yeah, we're not so crazy for saying this is the char of this. This is the garma of that. Yeah, he like um he spares them. Like even though Cecily double crossed whatever triple crossed the crossbone, I guess he was still like worried about about her well being. Maybe because of his attachment to aristocracy. Like, no, she's still got the special blood. But like he like lets her go and they move on. And it looks like overall maybe like their their military project like is just gonna continue steamrolling. It doesn't seem like there's a strong resistance to it right now. Yeah, the the, the Federation seemed awfully uh incompetent at mobilizing anything this time. Yeah, maybe because they're so far away. I mean, like, yeah, I guess when uh, when Frontier 1 gets taken over, they get the paint job. They get that really big eagle across it, which is really cool. You see the, that robot go through, or I guess maybe it's a machine. I don't know. That painting of the colony looked really cool. Um, yeah. You get all those flags, and you get all these people, like, just, like, supporting the new regime. Probably kind of have to. If a new regime shows up, if a new regime shows up on your colony, like... <laughs> the Simpsons joke where the aliens invade, and, like, I, for one, welcome our alien overlords. Oh, I've heard that Trying reference before. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that one. Uh, I think it's in a Treehouse of Horror. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Continuing the... Uh... <laughs> The Simpsons references. Yeah. <laughs> did, did the Simpsons like, predict everything ever? Uh, I think Isn't it's it? like just like a numbers game. You, you, you were a TV show for long enough with enough seasons and sooner or later yeah. you're going to hit something. I think the writers are very bright. So, you know, like the, the jokes that they made about things reflect the society that they lived in, which is the society we live in now. So... It's less of of maybe them predicting, things. except for like those the the specific stuff, which I think is just like a numbers game, like someone so is gonna marry that person or whatever. I think it's more like we just keep reliving the same twelve years over and over again. Right, right, like that cover of We Didn't Start the Fire. I don't know which one you're referring to, but but um, yes, I, I think Fall Out, Fall Out Boy did a We Didn't Start the Fire, <laughs> so he's been burning whatever. I'm gonna check this out. It might cause me, um, uh, it might cause me some damage to hear it, but it, it it gives you know it's 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 good. It does give me some anxiety though. I'm like, wow, it's... not much has really changed. Good grief. <laughs> right, but speaking of the people who are, I guess, fighting the, I don't know, stupid dumb transition. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we got Cecily over on that side, but let's go back to C book. Like, if if. Frontier One is in like an Avishi France kind of situation. Sea Book has linked up with the Resistance, which is hiding out in some other place. I think Frontier Three, because when Sea Book randomly cuts to being at Frontier Four later after defending an incoming attack from, oh, are they on Frontier One? I think they're on Frontier One. I I thought they just Sorry. stayed. Posted up at like Frontier One the entire time. Yeah, yeah. So they're hiding out in Frontier One, which the Rona wanted because of its resources. 
eventually find out that they don't even want the people they were planning on eradicating. Or at least, not the Ronas, not the nice Ronas, just that one evil one with the mask. Iron Mask, man. How do you, how do you secretly manage to build genocide-ready robots I, 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 I swear Grandpa ordered him to. I, like... <laughs> no, yeah, she must be in denial. Say, no, he didn't know. Like, like I, I swear, like, uh, my, my sir, I I feel like he mentioned something about, like, oh, yeah, after all this occupation, we're going to go through with this plan. Maybe it's, like, an open secret. Well, like, they know it's, like, it, they know it's going to happen, but he doesn't really want to know how. Yeah, there's that one... There's that one guy who looks like Garma, the one who initially take Cecily to to her, to their mansion. Yeah. And he's like confused when they're invading uh Frontier 1 because it's like a reconnaissance mission and he's like this is so poorly defended we could just easily take this now. I don't understand why they're not doing it. And it turns out that they're not interested in occupying that place at all because they just want to kill everyone. So he's like wondering about that. And then there's later when I forgot what Cecily's talking to Sheru, Zabine, she's like picking up on some things that like are weird to her, and and he's like, well, maybe if you ask so and so, then you'll know what the real, what the meaning of bugs is. Right. So, so it it did seem like the things were happening. You know, maybe it's like a high clearance thing. But I'm willing to believe that that the grandfather was in on it. I think so. I I don't know how he couldn't, but yeah, maybe just really hands off. You know, he's half retired anyways. He's he's very laissez faire in, in his <laughs> leadership. That gets in the way. He just wants to read his Thomas Carlyle and <laughs> yeah, Z book. Uh, he gets to be a useful part of the resistance because um, it turns out he knew someone who worked on the on the Gundam that they have lying around that they can't get to start. Uh, yep. People think that there's a code, but it just needs to be rewired in a cat's cradle fashion that only people who knew the builder, uh, well, I don't know why I'm being coy, Seabook's C-Book's mom. Dr. Arno. What was her name? Dr. Monica? Ar- Arno. Oh, yes, doctor. There's some interesting stuff there. Like, they touch on it. There's, you know, everything that we've talked about before about people being used, technology, uh, etc., there's some background there where Dr. Monica Arno really loves making Gundams. Really likes working on machine on 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 this work. On scientific... Bio bio computers are her passion. Right, and so so just like working on on these killing machines is her only way to do it, I guess. Maybe she anticipated. I don't know. I guess she was she thought it was for the Federation, so maybe she was like, "Well, oh, this is fine." You never know when a uh, reactionary government will spring up. Come about. And Seabook's uh, uh, dad um, is the one who's, like, I think more present, maybe, raising them. And who didn't want to uh, work on killing machines, so he's kind of a welder. He welds? I think he was offered at one point to make killing machines, and he was like, fuck no. Yeah. That's an interesting detail. Uh, it's... That's a shame. I, I liked him. He helped them escape. We didn't talk about that. He, he was he was a stand up dude. He was stand up for uh, a fighter figure in in a Gundam. Yeah, it's really nice to see. Is this the first 
good parents that we see in the <laughs> the first ones are good or present like maybe amaro's mom is a good person but not a good mother like you know even in the novel like there's some abandonment issues that she left him with she was super judgmental to yeah, amaro then... in the films too <laughs> father i guess the father was okay until he got like accident poisoned right but he yeah i guess i guess he was like all right but we don't get to see him be a good dad i can imagine him being kind of absent too maybe like always working on his gundam yeah but i guess it's like reading i guess we don't know let's give him the benefit of the doubt maybe pre um i guess pre site seven evacuation camille's mom was okay camille's mom she's better than her dad better than his dad his dad was kind of a shit i call that he was like a triple crosser, I swear. <laughs> but here we have two parents who... Okay, Monica's busy. Dr. Monica's busy, but... But she cares. And she gets to, like, be present in the story. Like, they reunite. All the stuff about... She, she was she was a real figure. Yeah, it was, she was really cool, nice. She was a cool guiding force the entire time when she did show back up. Yeah. It was really cool when... Like, we talk about, like... I, this movie is really it is peak Gundam it is everything that is Gundam is in it even if like the plot is it, it's um, just choppy it just has it has some pacing issues that's that's all it's it's just like uh you know it's I don't know it's missing some limbs but it's it's the soul is there it's a good Gundam nugget you know yeah what was I gonna say? yeah well the scene where she's like helping Seabook find Cecily when she's out in space and the combination of like emotional advice and like i don't know like philosophical advice and just like straight up technical like set the readers for the for to scan for the frequency of body heat and turn on the bio sensor and it's really neat because you know the gundam the the bio computer is a melding of machine and and human anyways so it's perfectly justified, like within the lore or whatever, within in universe. But also, it's a neat thing where like she has to be a parent, giving him advice about finding the people you love and stuff. Yeah, well said. Yeah, very very touching. And yeah, she made the. Uh... I I thought the cast cradle the cast cradle wiring was kind of cute too, you know. So like yeah, she, she makes the choice to go away and and make a weapon but <laughs> got a kids you, in in her heart yeah you, you, yeah exactly you could tell she's thinking about reese when she's doing it mm-hmm. like she immediately wasn't even like it's not a code it's not a, it just simply is it's not even like i cracked it it's just i understand this this is intuitive for me yeah <laughs> oh isn't that sweet also later like part of how c book like is um, like grows to like be okay with piloting that Gundam, the the F ninety one is. I forget which one of them says it. it was like, oh, so mom worked on this. Like, do you think there's a chance that she touched this machine? And they kind of like look at it like, just like with like love. Like it's very sweet. Yeah, um, I think I, I think Greece was the one that said that. Or maybe what's the book? I keep going back and forth. I can in my mind's eye, I can picture either of them say it. I watched this movie twice. I can't. <laughs> well, I gotta watch it the one time, but I, you know, I think it warrants a rewatch soon. Yeah. The other thing about the Cath Cradle, I'll say, they drew that 
like that that feels like it'd be so challenging to draw i know they they kind of cheat they're not cheated like that's i would never fault anyone to, if they didn't want to animate <laughs> string interlacing within fingers like that is so detailed no they, they they did they did good sorry go on yeah no no <laughs> when i was thinking about like the parts of the string that are slack versus the parts that are taut, like how the fingers move and like making the timing feel believable. They cheated a little bit with like some cuts where every time it cuts, he's like a little bit further ahead, but still like those move it, it really sold. And it's a very important plot critical thing where all eyes are going to be on what you do with those hands. Right. There's some, yeah, some really cool animation moments. I also liked if we're just like uh, talking about like random things. I also liked the, um, in the when they're escaping, when they get on that gun tank that ends up not working, like that was also a side thing, like that kind of like exciting moment. It's like the beginning of Gundam where they get where Amaro finds the Gundam, fights off from Zaku immediately. That, like, that was like a that was a and... clever um, subversion, actually. Yeah. That that was that was really neat because I thought, oh, okay, here's here's F ninety one, this shitty tank thing. They're gonna and be forced then, to like, fight, <laughs> and they they didn't. Though they just continued to run. Yeah, like when they try to fight, like the the cannon like burst, and a kid dies. Like <laughs> it immediately like backfires. Tomino like the, kill them all. Yeah, getting right to it. That no, that beginning sequence is is cinema. And then I think like okay, so do you wanna? So. Oh, and... mm-hmm. So Seabrook starts, you know, operating the F ninety one. Pretty quickly, pretty well. Like you know, he's kind of an armor prodigy. With his mom touching yeah. the the Gundam and engineering it. It's so funny um, how they're kind of like used to new type stuff, and it's like just get on the Gundam new type. Like it's not <laughs> like there's no there's like nurturing bright figure. There's sort of oh, you can pilot it. Get get in that get in the robot. Get in there. No, you're not running. Go. <laughs> They did say a funny thing about like previous new types, though, where it's like, oh, yeah, they were a miserable bunch. <laughs> that is that is interesting. There's there has been time for people to get used to see what happens in these situations. And you know, again, it's at this point that the pacing gets a little um, yeah messy because he's successful at it, and then right after that, he's back on Frontier Four trying to figure out what happened to Sicily. He manages to sneak into a room. They have like a little conversation, but like it gets interrupted so quickly. Like the best she can do is keep him from getting shot and then play it off. Like, oh, I don't know what that was. And then go back to the role she was kind of preparing for. Right. She's like cutting her hair. And it's like the opposite of, you know, in a Miyazaki movie, typically the heroine cuts her hair. And that's like the moment where she grows. But here she cuts her hair and it's the moment where she like, um, Gives up on who she used to be for a minute. I'll say about her hair too. Speaking of animation moments, like that is when the in the beginning when you see her like run away from from the bedlam, like the hair like stand, stand stood out so much to me. It was so like detailed, and flowing. Like it's very like just on the, like a, a character design thing. It was like very, I very interesting to look at. It was so vibrant and then i noticed like this i noticed what it was like why is her hair different than i've seen like in you know like almost any other hair i've ever seen animated and i know i 
I realized that part of it was that the outline mm. on her hair was just like a different shade of red. Mm. It, 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 was a, it was a clever trick, yeah. Yeah, like it, it interacted with the background a little differently because of that. And it just like felt like, yeah, I don't know. I just, nice, nice looking movie. Uh, I appreciated these, uh, these touches. I like the character designs overall. I thought Seabook looked really cool. Um, that one friend that kind of looks like Cindy Lauper. <laughs> uh, the baby is like well animated you got all these people like you see them and immediately it's like oh okay i get who this is iron mask you know looks cool <laughs> as you and you realize like what a pathetic man he is it's kind of funny to see like this like terminator it's, it's such a contrast with how cool he looks yeah <laughs> it's the perfect thing like we like if we're talking about you know like this uh reaction grouping like alt-right whatever like this guy you know, um, there's something like very like what's the word overcompensating about him. Something kind of Elon Musk about his whole vibe. Very oh, I need a pickup truck as I have small weenie <laughs> yeah. vibe. I need to wear this mask. Like at the end, like it's so funny. Um, like I- I'm cool with this uh, format. I guess we just talk something and we bring it back to the ending. But yeah. like at the end when he's in the in the uh, uh Reflesia and Cecily and Seabook fight him off. Like it's really scary, like interesting. Like he gets to just like get out of the po- the cockpit. Apparently the mask is also like part normal suit. Like it, it or he's just like so like robot and he like with his bare hands rips apart the cockpit and grabs her that that was nuts that was crazy <laughs> it is terrifying because I, I, I don't think we've seen that before either yeah like thematically it's like okay he's abandoned his humanity he's probably like got robot arms or whatever and the whole time like like it's funny like he's the final villain effectively like functionally in the in the story he unleashes the uh the the, the genocide roombas on onto frontier one and like his his villain speech isn't like there's nothing thematic about it except the you know abandoning humanity thing that we whatever worshiping power that's like subtext maybe but like what he's saying isn't there is no like search your feelings there is no like we're not so different you and i what is man a miserable pile of secrets There's nothing of that it's just like Uh, (laughs) i can pilot the gundam without my arms and legs I can do like <laughs> like he's just talking about like his upgrades. Just, how just, cool just how, how powerful he is. <laughs> like there's something kind of like um uh I don't know like Patrick Bateman talking about about Huey Lewis about his speech at the end. He just sort of like talking about just bragging about the stuff he has. My ego is expanded to allow me to carry out my duties. <laughs> I'm a pathetic man. He lost his wife to that man, Theo. <laughs> He's so funny. I, lo- <laughs> I love Iron Man. He really did capture the pathetic weakness behind these these people. Like, what are the, um... I feel like fascists kind of, like, uh... They love the, um, Brotherhood of Steel and Fallout, or... I don't know, if you see, like, you know, like, fascist weebs on the internet, like, I'm talking... Doesn't sound make me sound cool, certainly, but um, you know, you see these people that are, like just on the internet, these like teens who think they're edgy and cool, and they put up like the most masculine looking things, and like oh badass, yeah. Like the did you get Ron DeSantis ad that was like 
unofficially le leaked, but it was like his campaign put it out where it's like that MGMT song, Little Dark Age is playing. And it's like this like macho kind of Top Gun imagery. And it ends with like this like Nazi symbol at the end. No, I didn't. I didn't see that. I don't know if it's worth derailing. I'll find. I'll send you the link. I don't know if you. Uh, oh well, here's a picture. Oh my god! <laughs> no way. So, like, officially, Ron DeSantis's campaign didn't produce it, but it was an account that was. It was like with their unofficial. Yeah. God pretty scary but it shows like that, that that kind of like posturing that kind of like worship of power is is that is a god emperor warhammer 40k thing that got uh yeah yeah exactly yeah that yeah and that, that's entirely what this iron mask phenomena is <laughs> this one like um a bit of like weakness or like embarrassment and then all of this, like all these layers of like, no, I got to be strong. It never can never be embarrassed again. I'm just gonna devote myself entirely to a violent cause, to masculinity and and the will to power. That's what's really been interesting about watching these Gundam things. Is it, it really is like Tomino, like very earnestly trying to grapple with like the origins of power, totalitarianism, and war, and the like he understands them in social terms, but he he he's never far from like the psychological aspects, like the personal aspects. So much of it has to do with the kind of wounded masculinity that these people carry. Like I'm reminded of uh, of Char in Char's counterattack with his with his girlfriend. Yeah. Like the way he clings to her is like you like like he's like looking for a mother figure, and like that's a. That's very self-aware, not self-aware. I don't want to put that on Tommy, no, but that's very, um, that's something that you hear, you know, women complain about men wanting a mother more than men, like, are aware of their hang-ups about that. Definitely. I, I, Tommy has his finger on the pulse when it, when it comes to these. And, like, the magic of Gundam is that it gets to be this, uh, like, he, like, he, there is some, you know, you can, like, pull these things out, you can tease them out, and, but also... Iron Mask is so funny. <laughs> Every time he shows up, like it talks about his divorce or his mask. There, there's there's a part of it that's kind of kind of Team Rocket ish in his absurdisms. <laughs> yeah, like it turns out Cecily's mom, random thing. I'm um, just talking about like her stepdad, who's like this like kind of like weaselly kind of guy. I thought he's he's not like the he's not exactly a stepdad who stepped up either. He's just kind of there. I'm not sure what Cecily's mom sees in him. That's so funny when um, Cecily gets picked up and he just gives the most like evil laugh in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was very, very, very cartoony. <laughs> there's a there's a fun camp to to the to, to this um, to Tomino touch. Never yeah, Cecily's mom. I thought she'd be like an absent, but she was there. She did raise her. Actually, I did say that she got won over by her granddad. Um, but I think it was more maybe the more of the situation. I think she she wasn't lying when she said it just kind of happened that she was kind of become the figurehead of this of this thing. I, I guess at that point she doesn't know if uh, see book and friends are alive or not if they made it out. So yeah, but then when the um, 
the grandfather gives gives her like the Mufasa speech where they're like on the field and there's like deer in the background. He's saying like, this is our place and it is our place to look over all this, all, all the world and make it prosper. Everything the light touches is ours. Yeah. <laughs> and that came up before Lion King. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> probably originated with Hamlet somewhere. Maybe. Yeah, I'm sure there's something to, yeah, I'm sure there's something. He, they ripped off the uh, Star Wars soundtrack. So there's this give and take. Yeah, they, they kind of did. <laughs> so the the grandfather gives that speech. And to be fair, Cecily doesn't say like, oh, good point. She says like, because like Cecily's mom didn't like that world. She retreated and raised her apart from that house from Babel, Cosmo Babylonia. Um, and she says like, I am my, my mother's daughter. So she gets to like keep her reservations about about these, these yeah is there another word that we can use for like capital a aristocracy but like tied with this idea that there are like just like better people who are <laughs> who um, deserve to be ruling over elitism um now all these words like have gotten like there's no word that's got that's been reserved for that like we've been so so removed from being consciously aware of an aristocratic class of people in charge, even though it's probably not too far away from our current. Like we have not reached a point where democracy has gone too far. No. But you know, this came out in 1991. It is a very like end of history kind of time. Oh yeah, with, with, with the collapse of the Soviet Union. That's interesting. So, Tomio abandons that politics and and does this family drama instead yeah i like the things that they talk about like the idea that like liberalism as we saw it in 1991 was the end point of democracy that's as democratic as it could get right absolute rulers absolutism oh absolutism how's how's that okay what if we call it called it aristocratic absolutism there we go nice i like that that's yeah (laughs) And the the far the farthest left we can go is this neoliberal democracy or the federation. <laughs> God, you're right. That is that is so 1991. Because I'm sure, like, you could tweak it and make it sound more democratic by just like using like technocratic language, and then you know, some people believe the Pete Buttigieg's of the world should be in charge because he went to the most college out of everyone. Right. He's 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 the smartest. <laughs> Let's put this computer in charge. It'll evolve to the cosmic AC someday. <laughs> oh, that's still it's still possible. We'll get a we'll get a computer villain in a Gundam. Maybe that's too inhuman for Tomino's tastes. It could be thematically interesting with, with the with like the biocomputers and and this Gundam new type link. Did you watch Mission Impossible, the the new one, The Dead Reckoning? I have not no. Okay, how much do you know about it? I don't know if you, if it's more fun to go. I I've... I don't know shit about it. Okay, do you mind a spoiler on the premise? Yeah, that's perfectly fine. Spoil away. So, okay, so the bad guy in in Dead Reckoning is a rogue AI. Oh wow! So it's not connected to any state or non-governmental organization or you know any kind of Blofeld figure. It's is the AI of unknown origin that kind of exists in the cloud or whatever. And the way they get to have like a human character is that there's just this guy that has like a little Bluetooth 
thing in his ear who just does whatever the AI tells him. Like who's like like religiously what? devoted to <laughs> like carrying out the will of the AI. That sounds hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it works. It's fun. Okay, I I, fe- I feel like I feel like I need to see that. Bump it up. It's pretty neat. Uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot to enjoy in that that Mission Impossible movie. Not to make that darker, but I think, I think relatively recently there was like a rogue AI drone that like oh, bombed shit. a village in Libya. Yeah, and like no one no one will claim it. Oh, like it, we're not even sure like what. Uh, apparently the apparently the UN theory is that oh this is like a rogue artificial intelligence, so we need to start you know making rules about how AI is used. Oh. Because I mean, there's talk yeah. about like ro- robotics on you know in warfare and whatnot, but and the idea they could just send these out and like teach uh, learning a machine learning algorithm to identify targets, and that it would without anyone without independent of anyone's particular plan, just start bombing people. Right, which is so so fox. So they're hopefully trying to beat it out before it, it gets to that. But I have to look into that. That sounds sounds scary. I guess now is a good point to talk about the bugs. Speaking of AI and all, all the crazy killing people bullshit. Yeah, because, yeah, I'm trying to think, like, what uh, we'd end up jumping over. I'll just say this. I didn't care for the bugs. Um, I thought Tomino's um, motivation for putting them in there was, I guess, kind of interesting. Was it just because like, they didn't want to do the gas thing? They needed something more dynamic? So so his his thought was that audiences were becoming more like mediated and out of touch with reality so, so do, doing like a gas thing again would, wouldn't have worked out as well so that's why he did the bug thing i don't know the, the bug thing it just like didn't have impact for me that's an interesting thing to say but i don't know i feel like in zeta gundam when they went to that outpost that was gassed that was haunting I'll, I'll agree that this felt more just more cartoony and more more anime in, in its violence. Yeah, it needed to be something that could be deployed and that in theory would be able to eliminate a population. When they say like we have machines that can kill that will only destroy people and then it's these Beyblades like tearing through everything. It's like it's not even the most efficient way to way to do it. What, what was Iron, Iron Mask's motivation for? He's like, oh, that this this way no one's pulling the trigger or something. Oh, that's yeah. It's like thematically, yeah, it is there. Like everything you were talking about, these uh, this kind of like heartless uh, machine logic, killing everyone that somehow no one's responsible for. Yeah, it's not every day that you get like a Rakoa in your hands who will just do it for you. Right, because she wants to feel like a woman. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's no way uh, Iron Mask would allow that. No, no, he'd be far too embar- he'd be far too embarrassed. <laughs> no, <laughs> in in effect, too. Like, I guess it was like you gotta have like for your for your climax, like that those scenes where they're fighting off those uh, those bugs. It wasn't made clear to me when they cleared them all out. I guess the idea is that the bugs once released would somehow multiply. So it's like a nano machine that out there they'll just like use the materials to replicate themselves that they can build build like a hive over. It's a scary thought, but uh in 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 theory I think it's like very powerful. Like uh, the thematic stuff that you're talking about is definitely I definitely see that. Like that's 
that's very that's very well put. I totally see where you're coming from with with the presentation of it though versus mm-hmm. what we've seen previously. Like even just comparing it like within the movie, like not even going back to Zeta or whatever. Or just just beginning of the movie was so in, impactful having these. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like the beginning is so terrifying, and like heartbreaking and. Well, the mobile suits are so much better designed than these fucking spinny <laughs> top things, and yeah, every every death in that first half hour had a lot of meaning to it too. I know it's a tall order. Like, how can you make a scary thing that's also like small and modular enough to to be like the point of this is to just to just catch people? Like, it, I feel like a bunch of small things is better than one one big terrifying thing i think it'd be interesting if they were more uh more squid like or, or or more like the yeah i was thinking war of the world thing yeah oh and if it was like if it tied with a visual motif of the reflexia that would that would like tie things together i'm like oh, let me call tommy now i gotta tell him about this <laughs> I... <laughs> you have to redo f91 <laughs> Make the bugs more bug life. Uh, yeah, so here, it's me, your cousin. You know that new robot you've been looking for? <laughs> 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 yeah, they got to, they, they did some fun stuff. I do like the um, application of the beams, like the, the beam flag emblems, the beam sword that they spin around. <laughs> oh, the, that, that, pl- that plasma shield was neat too. Yeah, I liked how, like, from a distance, you can see. It just like looks like a like a hexagon or whatever, like a shape. But then like up close you see the um the pulsing kind of like laser quality. Yeah. That was, what it was, was one of the things I liked in um Force Awakens. I you know, a lot of people thought that what's his name, Adam Driver's lightsaber looked dumb. I thought it was cool. The the with with the guards? Yeah. It seems like more dangerous for for you. <laughs> Yeah, but it looked cool. But one thing I liked is that, like, the stuff that's coming out of the sides, like, the tips aren't, like, clean. It's not like that, like, clean cylinder that, like, from a normal lightsaber. It was, like, like jutting out, like, jagged and, like, uh, uneven in a in a really, like, cool way. Like, like it made them more, like, fiery and passionate. It was kind of janky looking, like, which I, I, I appreciate. yeah. I guess you could tell, like, oh, he he made that himself, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a homebrew thing. That, that speaks to us. Like one of the one of the strengths. I never even bothered to watch the the third one of those new ones, but oh, but there's some really cool design decisions. Sorry, that movie with the, that, that third movie <laughs> had a shit ton of pacing issues. That that one was that's another like uh, compromised thing that was supposed to be one thing got changed last minute, but. Uh, you know, it's 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 worse. It's worse there than it is here. Yeah, J.J. Abrams doesn't have the Tomino touch. Think about Tomino is he cares and he's got like a voice. I know the way that anime is collaborative. You have like these designers and these animators and like these writers. You know, the Disney machine is um, is, is a different beast altogether. Right, right. Because even if if your work is shafted in a Japanese studio. It, it it could still be, it could still be something. Yeah, and there's no way getting around like the, the how personal this feels. Yeah, like there's a there's a human touch in F ninety one. It is, 
It is not my favorite. I guess I'm still like War in the Pocket. I think it's like just like works. I think it's like just like really good story but i do miss the tomino flavor it's complete too though war in the pocket like and and that's where this f91 is you know it's 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 less good and it's not it's fault that it's less good but yeah but it is a a stumble yeah i i was so um disappointed i thought victory gundam was gonna be like the next part only to find out like no f91 is just like this strange uh remainder of this era this artifact because yeah, victory is what another 30 40 years yeah down this timeline any other things you want to hit on with the uh about about f91 um i don't think we've covered it you know i i i guess over overall tommy's tommy's goals was accomplished he he did do a gundam that was broken away from the confines of Char and Zeon and Amuro and, and Zeta and yeah he, he did an interesting work here and it was you know it was right. good got to uh, evolve the themes and change focus create a new aesthetic language for Gundam whilst being recognizably Gundam right so you know I think they're successful and I I do appreciate it for what it is there yeah um yeah it's got a weird flow uh is my favorite no but that's fine yeah oh no i just remembered like anna marie's like uh missing subplot oh yeah Eh. but (laughs) it's it's there and it's not there like we find out that she uh defected and we didn't even get to see the scene where she defects no, it just kind of showed up. I was confused. <laughs> yeah, they had it's. It was important to keep that scene because it sets up why they're able to fight off the bugs at the end because they find out there's some kind of plan, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, this do we have this information? Oh, yeah, it's accurate because it came from Anna Marie." Can we? Try? And she's just in the background while they're talking about like that's how we're introduced to the to her portrayal. Defection. Is yeah, her is her being in the background while other people talk about it. Is is there a painting her mobile suit gold? Oh yeah, we did get to have a scene of them painting. That was important to keep instead. <laughs> it was a neat that you know that's that kind of stuff that adds flavor. I love like that they that they talk so much about how stuff works. Like you want it to be a different color. Well, someone has to paint it to be that way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's that's just how you know we live in a world with yeah yeah no i'm sorry i'm stalling i just like no nah, you know i i feel like there's chunks that we might have missed out on but right but you know that's made that joke through times already but what is more appropriate for the uh f91 podcast than to have random things that seem to be missing right oh you want legs are in gundam nah um yeah let's call it uh let's call it a night um the story is far from was it this this is only the beginning this is just the beginning <laughs> i wish i uh, wish that were true <laughs> yeah all right um, listeners have a have a pleasant evening if there's any f91 defenders hold out rise up rise up i want to hit go ahead and, and nail us for having it not be our favorites democracy has gone too far from everyone deciding hate on f91 (laughs) (laughs) that people with true discerning tastes must (laughs) 
I don't want to, I don't want to like, whatever. Yeah, that's, that's the note I'm going out on. Good night. <laughs> Have a pleasant evening. <laughs>